Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have, they also have, finish, if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. All right. All right. Hey, Jennifer, just want to say welcome to the show. Hi, (laughs) thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And hello, movie lovers. And welcome to the show with me tonight. I actually have Jennifer Brofer here with me. She's an independent actress, producer, director, and also a Marine Corps veteran. Say hello to everyone, Jennifer. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. <laughs> oh, you're welcome anytime. The last time we actually, I actually interviewed you and everything, you know, it was just, stu- it was basically just audio only. So it's actually good to be able to see a face with the voice and everything and just be able to have you on the show again. So with that being said, let's go on ahead and get on with the show and everything. Um, first off and everything, how you been? I've been good. I mean, I, I know we are still we're in a pandemic and it's, you know, been challenging for everyone. And I've been doing my best to make 
the most of it. And uh, as you know, a lot of artists are doing, I have been creating my own content, which is really exciting. And you know, I've been diving into the world of podcasting myself and generally keeping myself busy, just creating, creating, creating and collaborating yeah. with fellow artists. Exactly. Because our minds, the thing with create, people that are creative and everything, our minds just keeps on going. There's no stop button to it. And the best thing that we can do is just keep on going and piling through anything that we have going on, right? So yeah. another thing is, too, I know that you have a podcast and everything, too. Ex tell us a little bit about the podcast that you got that you have. Sure. Uh, well, I have two, technically. Oh, um, wow. Okay. I do podcast. One is uh, a lot less popular, but it is military centric. It is uh, called Right Face Podcast, and I interview military veteran creatives like myself. So I I share the stories of producers, actors, you know, uh, photographers, artists of all kinds who are military veterans. So that is called Right Face Podcast. We are on Instagram at Right Face Podcast. And the most popular of the two is called Dick Talk and Mimosas. Uh, so Dick Talk and Mimosas is a podcast where my two best friends and I, we talk about everything from fetishes to felines over mimosas. And we're, <laughs> we talk about dating and relationships and uh, we eat brunch and drink mimosas while doing it. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. And <laughs> let's see here. We have a couple of things inside the comments. Tara says hi. Charlie says hello. Hi, hi Tara. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Creighton Films. Hello. Yeah. And thank you, Crane. I do appreciate that. And, you know, I'm, speaking of which, you know, you um with your whole entire thing with your podcast and everything, and with, you know, how you said that you're getting into the dating stuff and things like that, where you talk about the fetishes and things like that. I actually saw something today that actually made me laugh my ass off because I went back <laughs> to your site. And yeah. it's the whole entire bit that you did with this one dude that you met on a dating site. And next thing you know it, the guy is like, yeah, you're a snack. And you're like, what? And he goes, nothing. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the um, the sketch that I performed it yeah. with my friend? Yeah. yeah. So um, my friend BJ Lang, who is a very talented Air Force veteran, he's on Instagram at BJ Comedy. He uh, and I decided to collaborate on this really funny sketch last Halloween time. And uh, you should check it out. It's called Dating Sucks. And there's a little bit of a twist. Um so you got to check it out. But it's on, if you go to my page on my Instagram, at Jennifer Brofer, you can click the link and go to the YouTube and watch Dating Sucks. <laughs> it definitely is funny, though, I have to say. I mean, you know, the dating world and everything is completely different now, if you actually think about it with the pandemic and things like that as well. And then also, too, you throw in that. And it's like, okay, this person has too much of the similarities that I do. I don't know if I could actually date somebody that has... <laughs> The same similar, you know what I'm saying? It's okay to have some similarities, but you also want to have some yeah. type of differences. Otherwise, you're just dating a carbon copy of your own self. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's nice. It's nice if the person you're seeing has their own passions. I mean, I love it when some of them in overlap. Like, I love people who are creative. I mean, they don't necessarily have to do what I do, but right. I love creativity. So, and I'm I'm on a dating app now. Okay. And uh, it's been interesting. And as the song goes, love is a battlefield. 
and it's it's not easy so i'm just learning you know as i go like how do i (laughs) how do i find my person (laughs) exactly and you know another thing i want to actually mention is this i'm a sucker for like 1950s and 60s kind of private eye black and white films and stuff like that gangster Mm -hmm. films of course if you actually looked at uh the little caesar review that tamika and i actually did i'm a sucker for those kind of old films and I forgot the name of the music video and everything, but I, I love that layout. I love how you uh, did that and everything. Can you, how many days did it actually take you to shoot that? And I didn't realize that you can actually sing too. So that just was, that just impressed me altogether. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out which music video, because I do a lot of pinup stuff. Right. It was mostly um, like I don't really pinup. sing though. So I'm trying to figure out. I thought you were singing, but I could be wrong. But um, but I do I do a lot of pinup stuff, um, okay. and that's because I'm a member of this organization called Pinups for Vets. It's okay. a nonprofit, and um, we support hospitalized veterans and deployed troops with care packages. And pre-COVID, we were able to visit veterans in the hospitals, <laughs> and so. Because I'm a member of Pinups for Vets, I have gained an appreciation for the 1940s, 1950s aesthetic. So, right. yeah, I just love to do the the pinup hairstyle and the clothing and put on the red lipstick and, you know, uh, kind of call back to a bygone era. So it's fun. Okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, Crichton Films actually has a question for you. Do you enjoy creating or acting in genres such as dramas? And what is your favorite so far? Ooh. I love dramas. I do. Um, I'm probably a little better at dramas, although I'm working on getting better at comedy. My favorite so far, um, I I was in a short uh, last year, right before the uh, shutdown. Uh, I was able to film this short, and it was in which I played the wife of a Nazi in uh, Nazi Germany. So I actually had to learn German, learn lines of German, and I've never spoken German in my life. Um, and it was a great film because it had to do with a, uh, a woman who went undercover to um, basically kill Nazis. Ooh. And uh, it's a really cool film. It's called Hanny. And it hasn't been released yet, but um, I play uh, a really cool character and uh so I, i'm i'm really excited to to share that one when it's when it's ready but yeah this sounds really interesting to be honest with you you know i'm a big i'm huge into history and stuff like that i'm a history buff um my question you is this, it out. Um, it's basically a true story of this this um this woman who just disguised herself and um pretended to be uh a german and okay. you know she would uh basically use that familiarity with to assassinate actually, Nazis. Like I said, that's actually interesting though. I mean, I like yeah. how you play complex characters like that, where there's layers to them and stuff like that. I'm a sucker for uh, characters that have layers to them. And I definitely know that you brought your A game when it came down to that. Because like I told you before, I've seen your acting before and things like that. And you do a phenomenal job at that. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. I played a supporting role in that one. I played the wife. I wasn't the star by any means, but it was right, a right. wonderful cast, and um, they were all so wonderful to work with. 
Let's see. Tara actually said something too. She goes, I love dramas. I love acting. I hope to collaborate with you one day. Oh, that's so nice, Tara. I'd love to collaborate. DM me on Instagram um, at Jennifer Brofer and you can see me. We can come up with something. If you're in LA, then I'm always open to the possibilities. Okay. That's great. And, you know, I have a question about that film that you're mentioning too. Do you actually have to go through like a dialect coach to actually do what you were doing? Or did you just have to learn the language and everything? Because I know playing certain characters, you have to go through a dialect coach mm -hmm. as well. I didn't go through a dialect coach per se. I actually reached out to two of my friends who are fluent in German. And mm. I said, hey, can you please record yourself saying these lines? I need to just memorize these and... Um, it was, it's funny because like as, a, as an actor, I mean, you don't want to just memorize a line. You want to like really dive into the character and add something, add nuance to the character. So having to not only learn another language and do the character work on top of it was a huge challenge. It was a great challenge. And um, my friend Peter, especially, um, he's a fellow veteran. He is fluent in German and he spent so much time helping me going over the lines and you know i'm very grateful um and this was all remote like he just sent me recordings and i just listened to them over and over again and uh it was cool uh, and i learned a little bit of german so that's awesome and you know another thing i want to actually mention is you know how you were talking about where it's just saying some people are like oh that's acting if you're saying lines perfect example of that is like uncle junior the actor who plays uncle junior for example Mm -hmm. um talking sopranos podcast actually had him on the air talking about whenever he first started in acting he just said he threw a bunch of shit around and also too just got angry <laughs> and walks off the set he thought he nailed it <laughs> and they actually had to tell him look you didn't nail anything you just showed how angry you were you didn't actually project anything that was actually presented onto the script you didn't become that character because part of acting is becoming that character i know that's the most challenging mm -hmm. thing what would you say that was actually the most challenging thing when it came down to actually getting zoned into the character? Did you have to isolate yourself from people? What was the the hardest thing that you actually had to do? I mean, I am my own worst critic. So just getting out of my own head and just, you know, taking off everything that I've, I've trained to do and just, all the character work and just allowing that to be instead of just being in my head because I'm surrounded by people who are amazing and some people are actually fluent in German. <laughs> <laughs> so getting out of my head is, is a challenge, um, yeah. but it's so important and it, you know, it just takes time and practice and um, I'm just thankful for all the people in my life who supported me throughout the journey. Right. I mean, I graduated um, from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in 2018 and I've been doing this freelance just for a couple of years now. And last year was kind of a slow year for a lot of, you know, a very obvious reason. Um, but yeah, it's given me the opportunity to come up with different ways to be creative. So yeah, it's been good. That's awesome. That's that's fantastic. I'm, I'm glad to actually hear that. And, you know, another thing too, that I was actually thinking and everything before the podcast and everything too was this. And this is something that I wanted to ask you was, you know, what was it like for the pandemic and everything now when you're actually auditioning and then all and everything too? What's the process like? Because I know that has to be 10 times different and 10 times harder than mm -hmm. anything. 
Yeah. So for a while, it was just self-tape auditions. It was purely self-tape. And I remember the first audition that I went to in person during the pandemic was, it was very calculated. It was, you have to arrive exactly at the time that you're supposed to audition, stay in your car until we text you to come inside. Once you come inside, immediately use hand sanitizer, wait in the lobby and by yourself until we come and get you. Make sure you have your mask on, only take the mask off when you're on your mark and you're ready to do the audition. So it was just very, I mean, a lot of protocols, which, you know, are for a good reason. Um, but yeah, and it's like, hey, that's kind of the new normal now. So, and I actually, I liked it because I didn't have to wait as long to audition. I just got there and was in and out. <laughs> right. You know, that's the plus. Well, that's also a plus side to the pandemic in a sense, because usually there's like a long line of people that's playing the same character that you are. And then also too, the anxiety level, though, is is cranked up. A lot though too, because like you can actually hear them probably in the next room is like, you know what, you did such a great job. You did an outstanding job. You did better than this other person did. And then you're mm -hmm. like, then they get to you and I'm and you're like, okay, I'm probably not gonna crush this. Like I think I'm gonna crush this. Because I'm gonna yeah. be real. I think I'd rather just go in and just let it be one on one and not have to listen to all that other junk and just be like, okay, this is me, this is who I am. I don't care about what the other people did. This is my performance. I have right. to crush this. It, that's a good point too, because usually we're corralled in a big room and you see people that look like you and there's like 20 of you and you're like, okay, well, how do I do, do something different than that person who's brunette and green eyed? <laughs> so yeah. uh, it is nice just going in and doing, making your choice and not second guessing yourself because you saw someone else go in and do something. Um, so that's kind of nice. <laughs> that's always a plus. Um, then there was also something else too, like with the pandemic going on and stuff like that, I know you're a producer, I know you're a director and stuff like that too, but as for your side goes, what was production like during mm -hmm. the pandemic, whenever it was first uh, happening and then also too now? What's the differences between yeah. when it first began and now? So a few months into the pandemic, I actually got certified as a COVID compliance officer. And very shortly after, I got booked on my first feature as a COVID compliance officer. And it was an indie action film. And so, you know, my job was to, you know, take temperatures, make sure people were wearing their masks, make sure that they were at least six feet apart. Um, there's just so many protocols um so that was an interesting new dynamic because i'm used to just you know i'm used to acting but i needed to make money you know? <laughs> so this was right. like my side hustle and then shortly after that wrapped i got booked on a uh, a big show as a in the covid compliance department doing the same thing essentially um but i was just i mean that was full-time you know just enforcing the protocols so there wasn't a whole lot of acting during that time. However, um, I was able to do a couple of sketches with my friends. Um, one being the one that I mentioned earlier, Dating Sucks, okay. with my friend BJ Lang. And uh, shortly after, I filmed another one with a fellow comedian, Mike Perkins, who you interviewed yep. before. And that's actually going to be released this week. I, uh, I you know, watch that. <laughs> editing and working on it. It's going to be released on Friday on okay. my Instagram. And uh, yeah, so it's just a matter of trying to multitask, you know, have this full-time job where I'm making some money, but also, you know, keeping the fires burning creatively because I mean, the, my worst fear is 
I have a job and it takes away all of my creative juices, so to speak. And I'm just kind of burned out. So. Oh, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's but see here. I've oh. been, you know, being creative as much as I can. Most definitely. Because, you know, as someone that creates their own content too, like for myself, it's, it's challenging. It's very challenging and stuff like that too, because you're trying to figure out, okay, what's the best, route to actually take whenever it's time to create your own content and there's a billion ideas just flowing through your head and you don't know which one to actually pick so you actually mm -hmm. have to go in and pretty much pick something out of a hat and hope it actually lands so right. sometimes it's success sometimes it isn't but at least you can say you tried because i have a saying i'd rather try at failing than not try at all that's exactly exactly so, i'm shooting my shot <laughs> exactly most definitely and a matter of fact, Tara said this, she goes, it's always the har hardest thing is getting out of your head. Yeah. And then Quentin actually asked that question. Do you enjoy working with more indie studios versus the big wig studios corporate? You know, there are pros and cons to both. Um, I've worked on both big tentpole features and also like the, the small indie films. Um, what I like about working on indie films is it's a smaller crew you get to know people better. You get to know them on a more personal level, um, just make better connections. Um, but on the flip side, if you're working on a big, uh, you know, a big tentpole film, um, you know, it's maybe it looks a little better in the credits, um, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. on your resume, but it's mm -hmm. also just kind of bragging rights. Like, hey, I worked on that film that you got to see in the theater, you know? <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Mike Perkins, he just went on ahead and uh, got resurrected over here. So. <laughs> You're so silly, Mike. <laughs> the hardest thing is getting Jennifer Brofer out of my head. I cannot so, say I blame him. <laughs> but. I, can't wait to, I can't wait to share this sketch. It's I've been working on it for like a while now just because we decided to film improv, all improv right? Ooh. And Mike is great at improv. I'm still working on it. I'm not as experienced. Um, so I was basically like trying to work off of what he gave me, which is a lot of good stuff. And uh, I think we came up with something kind of cool and okay. silly. And I'm excited to share that. Um, and I will say there is a bit with a dog and a cat. That's hmm. all I'll say. Okay, that's going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> God knows what Mike actually had planned during that time. But, you know, I know it's going to be good. I know it's you two are, I know that you guys are going to knock it out of the park. You guys are good at collaborating <laughs> with, with, with everything. So um, another thing, too, that I actually want to mention, ask you this, because I didn't get a chance to actually ask you the last time. You know how you finish up an interview and you're like, oh, crap, I should have asked you this question. Mm -hmm. Well, with me, I was wondering, as a woman that's working in the industry, and you know that, you know, it's hard to actually get yourself out there because mm -hmm. of the fact that, you know, mostly men that are actually in charge of the production and stuff like that, it's a man's world, but it needs to change. And I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, having Patty Jenkins over there at Warner Brothers doing Wonder Woman 1984, and she's actually changing the game. She actually has her name out there. But do you feel like it's been a lot more easier now that they have actually have a few female directors now? Or do you still feel like it's a lot harder for you to get yourself out there, whether being an actor, producer, or director? 
I mean, it's definitely not easy, um, but I yeah. think we are entering a time when um, Hollywood is finally ready for uh, different perspectives, different, you right. know, they're looking for female directors. We're looking for, you know, people of color to direct and to right. star. And we need that. Like we need to show different perspectives. Yes. It's so important. Um, so I'm so happy. I actually follow uh, Ava DuVernay on Instagram. I'm really inspired by her. She's like a powerhouse. She does everything. I want to be her. Um, Patty Jenkins. I mean, she's paved the way, you know, for a lot right. of us. So I'm inspired Definitely. and uh, Kathleen Kennedy doing all the Star Wars <laughs> films. Right. You know, I think um, I think we need to mentor and to lead by example. And eventually we'll get to the point where we see a lot more representation, which is how it should be. Exactly. I feel like it's time for some diversity mm -hmm. in Hollywood. I feel like quit whitewashing and everything because yeah. there's people of color. There's um, people of different cultures that you can actually mm -hmm. share with. You don't have to keep casting a white person all the time or whatever, unless it actually calls for that role to actually be called for that. But there's many, many actors and actresses that would be thrilled to actually be in a major role if you actually allowed them to act and have the ability to act. And that's my biggest rant, though, is that. And matter of fact, mm -hmm. Disney got in trouble a couple of years ago with Aladdin. They were, I don't know if you heard about this or not, but what is it? they were actually doing something that I never thought Disney would actually do. And it actually caused a lot of controversy whenever it was the making of the of Aladdin, but they were actually trying to paint or actually tan people brown. So the way they looked Arabic. Oh, okay. That's not all right. That's no. Not okay. I'm like, come on! You mean kind of the people from Plumbug Millionaire? A person of that, you know, <laughs> color. If you want that color, <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, that is yeah. ridiculous to me, in my, in my own honest opinion. But you know, you can get someone from Slumdog Millionaire, for example, and get actors and actresses from there. You can pull from other areas that you actually saw because you know your big studio production company. And you mean to tell me that you didn't see something? that somebody actually acted their ass off of and say, hey, look, right. I saw him in Slumdog Million or I saw him from uh, Pretty Rich Asians. We can actually work with something here. And I'm not talking about Aladdin. I'm talking about with anything, you know? No, I agree. And along that, uh, you kind of reminded me too of um, earlier, Gina Davis said something like years ago because she runs uh, an institute about, you know, having more women in film. And she said, you know, when you're writing a script or when, you ca when you're casting a film, just make 50% of the characters women. So if there's a police officer, why not make it a woman police officer? You know, if you're casting a scientist, why not make it a female scientist? Why do we right. automatically assume that those job titles are male? Right. So, you know, that, that really that. my eyes. Right. And, you know, I mean, there's some films that have done a really good job of doing that and surprised me. So. Right. And not only that, but not only have those roles for women, but don't over-sexualize mm. women either and or anything like that. That's my biggest pet peeve when it comes mm. down to female <laughs> roles. You don't have to go ahead and over-sexualize yeah. women or anything. Respect women. Do, do things the right way. Because for crying out loud, you know, us men and everything, 
we can watch T. Here's the thing: there's enough pornographic stuff for people for men to watch or whatever they want to see. All that stuff. Yeah. Don't over sexualize men, uh, um, females, and everything. You know, right. I feel like you know there's roles for women and everything that can be placed at the right time to be mm-hmm. able to give the, the those characters layers and to be able to give certain layers to certain characters. You don't have to keep on yeah. showing, right? Like, do we really need a gratuitous shower scene? Like, what is this shower scene doing to move the story forward? Exactly. Just ask that well, question. Does it move the story forward? Or just we just want to see boobs? Right. <laughs> and then also, too, my other pet peeve with horror movies is, okay, this movie is the most goriest movie that you've ever seen. Okay, so is it blood for the sake of being blood? Or is this mm-hmm. the movie uh, blood to actually motivate the plot if it's not there to motivate the plot it does zilch for me and that's the same thing with nudity mm-hmm. and everything too it's like okay i you know there's nothing wrong with just seeing a beautiful naked woman or anything like that and just move on and then go on ahead and go with the plot but mm-hmm. you know it's another thing to over sexualize it and make it into something that it's not and i can't tell you how many times i see casting breakdowns that say nudity is required and oh, but it's for no pay. I'm like, well, what? even if it was paid, I wouldn't want to do, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. But I read the role. I'm like, why is there nudity in this? Right. <laughs> what is the purpose of this? Um, so yeah, I don't do those okay. kinds of roles. Um, but more power to anyone. If that's what you do, that's fine. It's just not for me. Um, Let's see. Kara says it all comes down to Disney didn't want to spend the money on Mm -hmm. casting calls. It's so horrible that they didn't want to take the time to look for actors. And that's very true. We have unlimited resources when it comes to casting. I mean, you have casting websites, you can do open calls. I mean, anything you can think of. I mean, we we can do that. (laughs) And yet we still have these casting issues. But I think slowly, I think we're slowly moving in the right direction. We just right. have, you know, it's like we move two steps forward, three steps back sometimes. So, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, another thing too is, I know that we touched on this on the audio podcast a little bit, but I wanted to touch a little bit for our live viewers too, mm-hmm. because they might not have heard the interview that I've done. But when it came down to... um your marine life and stuff like that when it came down to your uh, military lifestyle. I know that was a lot to actually process. It's like, okay, which one do I want to do more? Do I want to do more acting or do I want to go ahead and just pursue the military life? How Mm. did you know and everything that you wanted to go on ahead and choose acting after the service? So a little backstory for those who did not listen to that. I was in the Marine Corps for 10 years. I was a journalist. So I got to do video production, print, uh, print articles, photography, you name it. Um, I did that for 10 years. And when I was deployed to Afghanistan, I started looking into uh, film schools because I was going to be getting out at 10 years. And I decided to get out because I wanted to be a filmmaker. And going from, like, I was working in journalism, which, you know, 24-hour news cycle, you have a quota, you gotta, I mean, it's go, go, go. But I really wanted to take the time to flesh out a story and, like, really, um, you know, I wanted to write, I wanted to produce, I wanted to do all these things. And I felt like if I had waited to retire at 20 years, I would be starting over this whole new career at 39 versus 29. 
And so I decided to get out at 10 years and I went to film school. So yeah, I used the GI Bill and it was actually a pretty uh, smooth transition for me because having all of the experience I had behind the camera, in front of the camera, in the Marines, it really paved the way for my filmmaking career. Because I mean, when I went to my first class in film school, I mean, I already knew how to use the camera. I already knew how to edit. I already knew how to do some writing. So it really laid a good foundation for my filmmaking career. And I just transferred from news to filmmaking. So here we okay. are. <laughs> all right. And let's see here, my co oh, my other friend, Charlie, he says, and you could pull an M. Night Shyamalan and cast the main character for Avatar, The Last Airbender, by finding him online. <laughs> yeah, you could. You could. I mean, we have an endless amount of resources at our disposal here. And then Crichton asked, um, are you script writing? So I've dabbled here and there. Um, when I was dishonorably discharged in 2012, I actually... I, I, I participated in this thing called Script Frenzy, where you write a mm. hundred page script in 30 days. So for 30 days, I literally stayed up you know, for hours every single day writing this screenplay, which was loosely based on my deployment to Afghanistan. And uh, I finished it in 30 days, hundred pages. And the thing about writing is the real writing is in the rewrites which I never did. Mm. I never actually took the time to rewrite. So that was my flaw there. Um, just recently though, I um, a couple of years ago, actually, I participated in this program, this writing program with the Writers Guild Foundation and they took uh, military veterans and they invited him to take part in this program where they provided mentorship with actual w WGA writers. So we got to go to meetings and pitch ideas and to, you know, start writing our own scripts. So I learned a lot from that experience, too. Mm -hmm. And then most recently, um, I was contacted by a fellow creative uh, photographer, actor who said, hey, I have this idea for a feature that I would like to write. Would you want to co-write? And I said, hmm, haven't written anything in a while. You know, let's take a stab at it. So we actually had a really good creative like brainstorming session and I'm excited for the possibilities of what we might create. <laughs> okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you know, the hardest thing about writing is this, like I've done and dabbled in some script writing and everything. I wrote 82 pages handwritten before about three kids who wanted to become rock stars and things like that. And, you know, and then all of a sudden I look, I go back to it. I'm like, okay, this could be fleshed out a little bit more. <laughs> because <laughs> it was like it was like very speedy gonzalez kind of style writing yeah. i'm like e okay this is bad <laughs> so creighton uh, creighton films wrote welcome to the book writing club jennifer that yeah. reminds me um i did start writing a book last Ooh, year yeah. during the pandemic I, I i wrote like maybe 35 pages i i, I haven't finished it yet um, it's a memoir, but, uh, you know, my life is still going, so it's a work in progress. Um, but I'm excited for that as well. <laughs> that's awesome. That, that's really cool. And I know that you're working on something new as well, as far as a movie goes, right? Yeah. So it's kind of hush hush. I'm in very, very, very early development on a feature, mm. um, I can't say too much about it. I can right. say that it has a military tie. 
which is the main reason why I'm attached to it. Um, and I'm really excited. It's going to be a long process because, you know, feature making a feature takes a while. Um, but yeah. this is kind of a pa this is a passion passion project for me. It's this is my baby. So whenever this is ready to announce when the time is right, I'm going to be just blasting it all over. And I'm so excited about it. <laughs> That's great. You know, I always loved hearing when people say, oh, this is a passion project and everything, because it makes me feel that much passionate for that person. It's like, I don't have to worry about anything because that's their passion. And because that's their passion, you know, I could be that much glued in, that much excited mm -hmm. for that person. And that's actually, actually mm -hmm. how I am towards you right now. I'm just excited for you because Thank that's your you. passion. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I just and... want to do a more quick shout out to all the actual writers out there. Like the people who are legit writers who sit down every day, take the time to write. <laughs> I don't call myself a writer because I don't like carve out time every day to write, but people who do that, I applaud you because of the stuff that you write, I get to make movies out of. So please keep writing because I want to make whatever you're writing. <laughs> exactly. Without the writers and everything, we wouldn't, you, get, you wouldn't be able to do the things that you do and everything as well. So, I mean, mm -hmm. and also too, with script writing, it's also hard as well because we all go through writer's block. We all go through different things when we write. And a matter of fact, Tara just said, I'm so excited for you. Yay, and... Tara, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love it. I feel the excitement coming through the computer. <laughs> That's, That's what I love about this live chat, though, you know? It's so interactive with people. It's just great to actually have, you know? Mm -hmm. And also, too, another thing I wanted to actually mention is this. Now, when it comes down to music and stuff like that, how do you actually pick certain scores for your movies and stuff like that? Because I know... If you do anything when it comes to copyright laws and claims and stuff like that, they want you to pay a lump sum of money. So do you go about right. making your own non-copyright music or how does that work? So the really great thing um, about that is I prefer to contact uh, local musicians who I have a really, who I know, who I have a rapport with, um, have them, I can either license something directly from them or I can have them, uh, create something original and then license that because if I want to get a big song that's recognizable on the radio, that's going to be thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's just, you know, I don't have the kind of cash. No. So um, a friend of mine actually recently completed a, a short, like a 20 minute short, and he had all of the music was original performed um, and written by uh, a friend of mine, Ben Rawls, who is a member of my local theater company. He wrote, performed, did the vocals for, and it was fantastic. So if you have the opportunity to do that, I highly recommend you just, you know, make friends with, you know, composers, musicians, and I mean, I bet they'd be really excited to do the score on a film. And I'm sure it would save a lot of money. If you could pick any director or writer or whatever, who would you want to work with? Ooh, Ava DuVernay. 100%. Oh, yep. Yeah. I, she's, she's like real high on my wish list of directors <laughs> to work with. I mean, she's so inspiring. She's, she does everything. Um, talented. Just, yeah, I want to be her. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. That's just something I've been wanting to ask you. And speaking of, uh, filming and everything. Crichton actually wanted to ask you a question. Stephen King once quoted, whenever a writer writes anything, 
there's a reflection of your autobiography and your writing. Mm -hmm. Do you and John find that statement true to a point? I do agree there. I do agree. Cause, um, and it's, I mean, personally, when I was writing the feature in 30 days, it was very therapeutic. And a lot of it was inspired by my real life. Um, of course, I embellished some parts of it and it never saw the light of day. Um, but, you know, it was very therapeutic. And so I think, uh, yeah, for me, I would definitely use my own experiences. You know, you should write what you know. You know, right, if you don't exactly. know anything about a subject, then I don't know, it'd be difficult. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually have to say the same thing for me, myself as well. When I was writing that script about the four kids who want three kids that want to be rock stars, I was actually using my best friend, Kevin. I was using their personalities and these characters and stuff like that. And jokes that we used to tell in high school as well. So it made it that much personal whenever it came down to writing. Because yeah. like I said, I'm writing what I know about. I knew the layout of the high school at that time of what it looked like. It changed now. But, you know, during that time and era and everything, I had everything mapped out down to the T. I knew that I wanted to sit in the 90s. I knew that I, what their passions were going to be about. I knew everything. And then I'm like, this script is not going to see the light of day. <laughs> so, <laughs> But you like, know what? I, I saw something today on uh, is my, my friends posted on an Instagram story. Uh, my friend Cameron, uh, he posted, hey, if you ever doubt yourself, just remember someone made Sharknado. And then they made five of them. So never doubt that you have a bad idea because any movie can be made if Sharknado can be made. By the way, I saw the original Sharknado in a theater, August oh. 2013. <laughs> you know what's cool though? I'm actually friends with a movie critic from JoeBlow.com that's actually friends with the director that directed that film. Nice. So it's such a, it was actually a really, I saw it in a theater. It was one night only, like August 3rd, 2013. I had the movie ticket for a long time and it was actually a really good time. It was like, you know, not, not something you should like take seriously. It was just like, you right. know, just watch it and have a good time. A popcorn flick. Just have a good, it's a popcorn flick. And you know, if they can do it, anyone can. So never doubt yourself. If you want to make a film about a clown who uh, likes cats and chocolate, right. make it, make a clown chocolate cat film, whatever. <laughs> right, perfect example is what John Campia said once. He goes, I can make a movie just based off of this microphone here. Felipe the dancing microphone is what he called it. Yeah. He goes, I can I can make it I can make this film center around this microphone and call Felipe the dancing microphone and tell a big background story of it. Next mm -hmm. thing you know, there was like t-shirts for Felipe the dancing microphone. There was memes <laughs> that they put out. It was just hilarious. But yeah, oh, it can be so imagining. No, <laughs> no, I no, I totally agree. And I was just thinking, like, oh, maybe I'll do like a story, like a movie about my cats. I have two cats, Wally and Louie. They're on Instagram because I'm obsessed with my cats at Wally and Louie. <laughs> like voices or something where they're talking back and forth or something. You know? And that's another thing that reminds me of um, the movie Mariachi, um, Antonio Banderas. Oh yeah, star. I love that movie. So um, the director basically just said, "Listen, I've got, I've got this." Uh, I've got this prop, I've got this location. What can I do with that? So, you know, maybe just look around your room and be like, hey, okay, I've got that. I've got that costume. I've got that location. What kind of movie can I make? And just make it. It's like a, like a challenge to yourself. Right. And I love contained films. Like if there's one location and one or two actors, I want to make it because it's cheap. Right. <laughs> exactly. And also too, I feel like one set pieces are the best. 
or centered around in one town is always the best thing. Like I interviewed these other kids and everything a couple of months back and everything. They were like 17 or 18 years old. They didn't have a clue on how to make a movie mm -hmm. or anything. And, yeah. you know, they did such a great job with whatever they had. They used the comic book store that their father owned and everything mm. and did it that way. It was very relatable yeah. and kept everything true to its true nature. So if anybody's into wanting to do directing or acting, get your friends together. Go ahead and, you know, you can film on an iPhone now and do the same job that you could do with all these other big cameras and things like that yeah. and everything. You can edit, crop, do everything. If you're passionate about it, go for it. Chase your dreams. Do whatever you need to do to get to your goal and everything, you know? I agree. I agree. And a lot of people, I think, allow themselves to be limited by oh, I don't have the camera. Oh, I don't have all the money. But you look at people like, uh, uh, I can't remember. Um, but there was like a challenge years ago where to make a film for $3, make Kevin a film Smith. for $10, yeah. you know, and they made a film for $3, you yeah. know, everything included. They just use the creativity to, you know, to overcome those obstacles. So like, what do you have at your disposal? You know, get your friends together to do it for free. Um, and, you know, just get people who are passionate about your project. Right. Especially if it's your first film. And then once you have that as your calling card, then people are going right. to come to you and want to give you money to make other films. Exactly. And matter of fact, Charlie Wenman actually says that um, the greatest bad movie that was shot in a single location is, a, is The Room by, directed by Tommy Wiseau. So. That's one I still haven't watched, and I'm ashamed. But I and I do need to watch that because I want to watch that the original first, and then the the remake with James uh, Fab Fabra or what's yeah. his name uh, Franco uh, James Franco right James Franco <laughs> yeah and you know what I actually did that backwards though too I watched the remake and then I went in ahead and watched the and I should have watched the original first. Yeah, because basically the uh, remake was actually behind the scenes stuff on how they actually got the ideas rolling and things like that. I should have done what you're doing. Instead, I watched it what you would call ass backwards. <laughs> but, yeah. you know. We call that bass backwards in the military. Bass backwards. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> okay, so let's see here. Crichton actually says, "Do you have have more admiration for directors like Alfred Hitchcock, Nolan, uh, Ryan, who just got out?" out there and tell stories without schooling? Um, I mean, I, I judge based on what the final product looks like. I don't, I mean, I don't care if someone went to film school. Um, there's this website called no film school where they just self teach themselves and they, I mean, you could get your YouTube degree. And if you want to learn how to make a film, you can go on YouTube and, and then just practice. And if it looks good, it looks good. Like I said, I don't care if someone goes to film school. I mean, I think there's right. some value in it. Um, it's not required to be a good director, though, or a good filmmaker. If right. you have a passion and you have a vision and you have, like, the the drive, then you could do anything. Yeah, Definitely. Let's see. Uh, it's actually called The Disaster Artist is the name yeah. of the remake. That's <laughs> and it's actually based on the book called The Disaster Artist. Okay, Did he thank you for spend that, like Charlie. twenty million on that film, the original film? Yeah, he actually like spent a that lot much. Of money. Yeah, <laughs> but I, and now it's actually a cult classic. If you actually think about it yeah. now, but during that time, he didn't think that it was going to be a cult classic because of how bad it was, and everybody just gave it bad critically reviewed and everything. Mm -hmm. But now it's like the go-to if you're going into film school. 
gosh. So that's pretty much everything that I wanted to actually cover for tonight's show. But if you guys in the comments actually have some more questions for Jennifer, go ahead and shoot them in right now with the live comments and everything. We'll give you at least five minutes or a couple of minutes to actually shoot those on in. If not, I'm going to go on ahead and end this on a good note and everything. I really enjoyed this interview with you as always. You know, I know that we've been planning on doing things to, uh, and collaborating and everything, but our schedules are always you know, jumbled jumbled up and everything, you know, but it's good yeah. to actually finally do, you know, for me to actually see you and for me to actually interview you. Yeah, it's always great um, talking to you. And, um, oh, Charlie says, was only supposed to cost a couple thousand dollars, ended up costing a couple million, only released in one theater to get Oscar talks. I know a lot about this movie. Oh, wow, Charlie, <laughs> yeah. the inside scoop. I do not have the inside scoop. <laughs> He's a Caribbean. Not, I'll tell you what. If you want to know anything about the room, Charlie's your go-to person when it comes okay. down to that. All right, Charlie. Okay. Well, I mean, I would invite anyone, you know, who wants to connect to um, check out my Instagram. I'd love to connect with filmmakers. Um, I'm on Instagram at Jennifer Brofer. And yeah, Tara, I know you're going to DM me so we can talk about some collaborations. Um, oh, Tara, you've been working as an actress for uh, for three years. I'm never going to stop. Yeah. Oh, good. You should keep going. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you one thing about Jen about her, though, is the fact that she does audition after audition after audition. She eats and sleeps acting. So she's a really hard worker. That's good. You, so. Yeah, that's really good. You need to do that in order to be in this industry, especially if you're in front of the camera. So I commend you. Keep up that work ethic. It's inspiring. It really is. <laughs> it definitely is. All right. So as everybody knows, you guys can go on ahead if you want to. You don't have to. I understand this pandemic has actually has everybody swallows in the nut. But if you want to, go on ahead and show us some love. How do you do that? You go on ahead. Just go to the GoFundMe page below. Another thing, too, guys, if you guys want to, go on ahead. Check out me. Check myself out on Instagram at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there. You guys can also go ahead and follow me on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there. Another thing, too, is you guys can also follow, if you want all your entertainment needs and needs and wants for your entertainment uh, news and everything, go to www.movieloversunite.com. And then, of course, you guys can follow me on Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter and then John DeGorio8 on Twitter. And then for your podcast only, audio only, you can get that wherever your streaming is from. And everything whenever it comes down to podcasting, and then of course, guys, you know, I'm gonna have some more some more shows and everything going on throughout the week. My schedule is just crazy. Go ahead, smash that like button, smash that share button, smash that subscribe button, and always until next time, guys. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> hey guys, John here. I just want to talk about something for a minute. We actually have a Patreon up right now in full swing and that is our five dollar a month plan it's called movie lovers classics it covers bonus episodes reviewing classic movies like you're about to listen to right now with the uh little caesar review that we just did early access to episodes monthly newsletters shout outs on the main uh, feed early access to episodes and then we also have all access documentary series review which is ten dollars a month and that includes bonus episodes, Eli Roth's History of Horror, early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, free digital movies, shoutouts on the main feed as well. And then that also includes our classic 
uh, movie reviews as well. And then our $20 a month plan is our VIP movie lover. And that also includes bonus episodes, classic movie reviews, interviews with independent actors, actresses, directors, and comic book writers. And it also includes movie lovers documentaries and early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, free digital movies, and shoutouts on the main feed as well. Go ahead, subscribe to the Patreon. We hope that we'll see you there. And always until next time, guys, bye-bye.